Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs, and I'm so happy to be here with you today. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at IJM. Y'all know I love talking about IJM. I just love what they do on the planet. IJM is a global nonprofit working to end slavery and violence around the world. For example, in Latin America, they help children and women who've survived all kinds of violence and abuse. And across Southern Asia, IJM works with local law enforcement to rescue individuals and families out of slavery and trafficking. It's been 20 years of hard work of them going into the deepest, cruelest pain in the world, bringing the full force of the law with them and providing justice and healing. And over 50,000 individuals have been set free thanks to friends like y'all who send IJM to rescue them. But there are thousands more children, men, women who are still waiting for rescue. And you can make a difference in their lives by becoming a freedom partner. Freedom Partners give monthly so that IJM can show up month after month to rescue people from slavery and walk with survivors as they heal. Just visit IJM.org slash change lives to be part of the movement for good. Your consistent support will impact the lives of individuals all over the world. Again, that's IJM.org slash change lives. Our special series called Enia Summer 2020 continues. If you are new to it, the Enneagram is a tool we love around here to help us know ourselves better and love our people better. It's just a tool, one of many that can help with personal growth, but one that we find really interesting and fun to talk about here at That Sounds Fun. If you're just jumping in today, you can go back to last week. We have an intro episode with Sarah Jane Case, and we started with our eights, and Monday was our nines, and today on the show is our Enneagram ones. The music in the background is from our good buddy, Ryan O'Neill, better known as Sleeping at Last. Y'all know he's created a song for each Enneagram type, so what you're hearing is the Enneagram one song. You've got to head to Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you love to listen to music and listen to the whole thing, read the lyrics. And Ryan also has a podcast about each number. And this one is, it's incredible the detail that he went into every song. I think you'll love it. So this year, our Enneagram ones are Dan and Sarah, two great leaders, amazing friends of mine. And y'all, they made me laugh so hard when they showed up with their paper printed out of their questions. And y'all are going to love the things they noticed about our office. Oh, I just love ones. I love them. Remember, we do have an Enneagram One episode from Ennea Summer 2019 with my friends Jamie and Lee, if you want to go back and hear that one as well. But before we meet and get to know Sarah and Dan, our buddy, Seth Abram, don't y'all love him? Isn't he the best? He is one of our favorite Enneagram experts and the host of the Fathoms podcast. And he's going to give us a quick overview of what we should know about ones. All right, Seth, let's talk about our ones. Let's do it. You care a lot about this episode because the female one, you're married to her. This is true. And we celebrate 10 years this year. <gasps> wow. So 10, 10 years, years. Of, of, uh, of, of loving a one. Yes, well done. I could have said many things there. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so, so give me kind of like your overview of ones. What yes. do we need to know about ones? Yes. Okay, so the flyover. So any type one's the point on the Enneagram that represents the intelligence's capacity for integrity. Yeah. And goodness and order and perfection. Yep. And so people who lead with type one, they really do care deeply about integrity and honesty and aligning themselves with truth mm-hmm. and what's beautiful. And so they tend to have really high standards and ideals and a, a really big sense of, of right and wrong. Uh, So it makes sense that there's fairness and self-control involved, and they're super conscientious and ethical people, really. So yeah, they they really exert a lot of their effort to improving the world and seeing what's there and making it what it could be. Mm-hmm. And so they invite us to raise our bar of excellence. You know, yeah. that's that's uh, a really amazing benefit of them. Um, but the issue for ones is when they feel like they're losing contact with this innate gift of integrity and uh, and goodness. So they begin to see things out of order, and it feels like it might start reflecting their ability to be right or good. Oh, wow. And so they've got to manufacture or recreate this perfection in the world, and this yeah. is their job. This is their responsibility. And why doesn't anybody else see what's wrong here, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So it can build a little bit of resentment or a lot of resentment. So, yeah, they begin to see what needs fixed or improved and what's out of order. Um, because this is a reflection of their character of whether they right. deal with it or not. So yeah, they can become overly critical and rigid with other people, but especially, especially themselves. Especially themselves. Yeah, first and foremost there. And you know, you've probably heard about this inner critic. For once, every type has an inner critic, I, I want to say. But 
ones tend to be the harshest, mm. the most often and just this demanding beating thing, you know, yeah. for the ones. And so, yeah, it can lead them to sort of insisting that other people share their standard, their standard, you know. Yeah. Um, so it can be also really hard for them to let go of their right way of thinking this is how everybody should be doing this, mm-hmm. right? So so ultimately, ones are motivated by this need to be right or perfect, and they really work hard to not be irresponsible or careless. So why do we each need Enneagram ones in our lives? Like I said, they call out our capacity for excellence. I think this is something that's so important. Um, I think even we, we settle for less than when we don't even realize it, but they show us what we're capable of, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I also think of the word nobility. Mm. They're they're really morally responsible. And again, just this integrity, but not just showing us what integrity looks like. They walk their walk and they they give us an example of what integrity looks yeah. like with their life. Yeah. Why does the world need ones? Yeah. You know, I think they have this ability to come into an organization or anything and reform it and make it 10 times better than yes. it was because they can yes. see all the things that are potentially here just aren't, there's not enough order here that yet to, to see it, you know? Yeah. Also, I think they're they're conscientious, like I said, and so they're super reliable and responsive. So responsible. reliable. Give that to us for yeah. sure. But also quality. I think of quality. Yeah. You know, they stick around long enough to make sure things can become the best they can possibly become. You know, mm-hmm. so it's really, really sincere quality. But also, I, I thought hard about this. I also thought of delayed gratification. Hmm. It's uh, not something wow. people are very, I think, great at, especially even depending on the type. Right. Um, You're looking right at me. I know. <laughs> But yeah, you know, because they're so responsible oriented, they tend to forget about what's important to them, what they actually want to do in mm. light of what needs to be done first. Mm. So they delay mm. gratification, oh, wow. which is why a lot a of resentment gift. can build. But yeah, that's a massive gift for sure. Yes. Okay. So what should we listen for with this conversation with your wife, Sarah and Dan? Yeah. Um, just, you know, so much beauty. Such a, such a cute girl. <laughs> <laughs> So much beauty. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, it's true. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll hear this orientation towards um, right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Really, I think you'll hear some confidence. They really are pretty confident people, and you'll hear preciseness, mm-hmm. uh, this orientation towards detail and really fine detail even sometimes. Uh, but the desire for truth, uh, and they might, might, often, might often also come off as uh, opinionated. Mm. Maybe a little critical. I don't know, depending on where they're at um, health-wise. How but, they get here. <laughs> um, yeah. But also, hopefully, you hear some grace. Because I do think they, like all the numbers in their own way, they give us an example of what what works, what what what, uh, what they look at their healthiest, you know, because they've yeah. done so much work. So grace yeah. is big for ones. And also elegance. I think of yeah. elegance, actually. Yeah. Okay. So here is a great conversation with our Enneagram Ones, Sarah and Dan. Dan and Sarah. Okay, wait, y'all didn't know each other, but you actually do kind of know each other? Well, your face looked familiar. Yeah, well, I think we met once. I think maybe. Yeah, so Seth, her husband, and I shared an office space for a little while when yeah. I was with the Teen Dream Center. Yeah. They, Were you the on East. the, there was a golf outing. We went to, um, what's it called? Top Golf. Oh, yes, I was there. We know each other. Oh, we know each other. <laughs> wow. We've top golfed together. Yes. <laughs> yes, the best kind of golf. Is um, it? Only a one would say the well, best kind identified. Yeah, I think so. Just if you're not good at golf and you don't have time to golf, That's top golf's the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you get to do the fun part yeah. of golfing without the like dumb part totally. of walking and yeah. six hours. And and if you hit a terrible ball, you just get another one. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You don't have to find yeah, it. No, you don't have to. <laughs> and there's a waiter this? bringing you things. So. Bringing oh, you yes. food and drink. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been yet. I know it's across the street oh. from our church, but I haven't been. We're going. Okay. It's fun. Well, Let's go. To do that. Sarah and I have been trying to think of fun things to do. We have. We just need some fun in our lives. I would like for everyone to know that of all the interviews I've done so far for any of summer 2020, y'all are the first ones to show up with your answers on paper. <laughs> of course. <laughs> They're notes. Listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If someone is going to make their expectations of me clear, I'm going to delete Deliver. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to, if you've told me what you're hoping of me. And I'm do you know that last lie. year, the ones were the first ones I recorded and I did not give them questions ahead of time. Oh, no. Ooh, that's hard. That's brutal, right? Yeah. 
We like to be prepared, right? Yeah, I maybe would have been like, I think no. (laughs) I know they both were like, you can't know the level of anxiety you've caused me to feel (laughs) by not doing this. Okay, let's introduce ourselves a little bit. Sarah, you go first. Tell us who you are. Tell us your family situation and your job situation. Okay. Um, Yeah, I'm Sarah Bible. I am Seth's wife, who you probably heard at the beginning of this. I was a little hesitant to say that I was his wife because I didn't want to shame him by saying all the wrong things. No, you're going to be so Um, good. So... Yeah, let's hope I don't. Um, I'm a mom of three. Very recently. Yeah. Uh, well, you upgraded very the recently, <laughs> the third one. Yes. Um, so my daughter, Haven, is almost six. And then I have a son, Athen, who's three. And then my most recent is uh, Paxton. And he's, I think, four months. Yeah. Yeah. A little and tiny I, guy. I'm a producer at Church of the City. Yeah. What does a producer do um, at a church? I think it varies from church to church. In my specific role, it's pretty much anything that you would see on stage Mm -hmm. and the tech pieces around it. Um, I lead the team that does that. You manage all that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Dan, what do you do? Who are you? Uh, So I'm Dan. I work at uh, Crosspoint Church. I work at the Franklin campus. Um, I lead our, our groups and our guest experience down there and uh, have been at that campus for about a year and before that was with the Teen Dream Center. Yeah, tell me why you switched over. The Lord. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it was, man, if I go back to journal entries from it, it's just what is crazy to me is you could go back and look in the months leading up to it and and part of Awaken, that was that was during that time of I'm asking yeah. the Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you like? What's the call with all this stuff? And during it, I didn't know he was answering at all. This is February this, of 2019? Uh, yes. yes. Okay. The, the first time that Crosspoint did Awaken. Um and but then this all of a sudden in May, Kevin Robinson, who's the Franklin campus pastor, texted me and said, "Hey, love to meet." And and we sit down, and the first thing he says to me is, "Hey, I, there's this, there's some shifting going on in our staff. I'd love for you to consider coming on with us, and the role will be something like a community pastor." And that's not my title now, but like he that's he's like this is kind of what, yeah. what I see this. And and at the moment, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, he, he has no idea." I went back in my journal right after that. And there were two moments during Awaken where I had written wow. down, I feel like the Lord is saying community pastor to me. Wow. I'm like, oh my gosh. So so that in the, because going into time, I'm like, no, I love Ketrick. I love Allie. Yeah. Like I'm all about the teen dreams. And this is where I am. Yeah. And and then this happens and I just start asking the Lord. And and it's just a wrestle of like, oh, but this is, I, I love these people. Yeah. Like I don't want to necessarily change, but he, uh, it, it just, it was, is what he had. And, um, Man, a year a year later, a little more, it's you just God's in it. And yeah. So that's why. I mean, were you already I mean. attending Franklin Camp? No, you were yeah, in Yeah, no, I was. We, oh, okay. we had moved. My wife and I had moved to Franklin. It's been three years now. So okay. we were living in Franklin. And uh, when I didn't have to be at Nashville on a Sunday, I, I would be at the Franklin Got campus. It. So okay. I knew I knew the, the yeah. people a little bit there. Okay. Um, it was hard to find a male one this year. I didn't, like, I have a list on my phone. And so I dropped a note into a Slack channel with a bunch of Crosspoint people. And I mean, blew me up. Dan, you got to call Dan. And I was like, I love Dan. That's a great idea. I would love to have him on. So like when when I got the email, I'm like, how in the world is my name on this? But, you know, here we are. I'm thrilled. Thank you for agreeing to do it, both of you. Dan, will you tell me how you knew you were an Enneagram One? How did you start identifying as a one? Yeah. So I I don't, somewhere a few years ago, Probably Seth brought it up. Honestly, actually, this is great. Yes, yeah, Seth yeah. did bring it up. So, so we were. This kind of came up when when we were officing together, and um, and I'm like, oh man, this is interesting. Like, I have no idea what I am. And so he he did the little. He's got some like cards or something that you just answer <laughs> questions. And at the end of it, he's like, okay, this is kind of what you are. And so he did that, and and he's like, you're a one. And so I started reading what it was. And so some of the things that stuck out were like, you think you always know that the right way. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm, okay, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I actually just do. Always yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I mean, right. it's not think. <laughs> I mean, think. I, yeah, yeah, pretty sure. <laughs> Resistant to change. Mm-hmm. Like, change takes me a while. Like, I, which is something my wife and I have, have kind of figured out. It's like, okay, if there's change, like, just give me a, even, even like, okay, we're going to go here for dinner. And then all of a sudden it's closed. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, I was like, I was planning on that. And so it's like, okay, just I'll be okay. Give me a few minutes. And then integrity. which is kind of the Lord that he told you in February, right, that right. your job was going to be that. shifting. Right. Yeah. 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 So um, and then integrity and honesty, like when I when I see like, oh, we hold integrity very high. Yeah, it, that's from like I one of the things that that is hard for me is if I see somebody act two different ways like mm-hmm. maybe say their mm-hmm. one thing and mm-hmm. then but you see behind the curtain oh they're actually acting like, oh, that's hard yeah. for me yeah that's hard for me yeah sarah how did you know you were one 
Um, it took a long time, actually. Really? Yeah. I mean, our our journey with the Enneagram started like seven or eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And so we had a very base level understanding of it for a long time. And so was, we were really just kind of at that time looking at behaviors and not really understanding the depth of the Enneagram. And so for like a year, I told people I was an eight. Really? You yeah. thought you might have been an eight? Well, because, you know... Uh, eights walk into a room and they say, who's in charge and do I need to take over? Yeah, yeah. And and they're doing that. Ones do that too. But eights are doing it with this energy of kind of exerting their authority uh-huh. and kind of coming in and with this strength. Right. Whereas I was coming in and I was just like, you're doing that wrong. Mm. Like, <laughs> yeah. do I need to take over? Because there's a better way. And so there were a lot of different... So when y'all walk into a room, you can see a better way? Oh, 100%. Yes. yes. What What's one thing in the studio you would do different? What's one thing you noticed in here? Well, just because of my production, I was looking at the sound panels. Yeah. And I, w- I would have shifted them a little bit, but that's just me. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I like that. Did, you, did something jump out to you, Dan? No. I, no, I, no, I don't think so. Maybe. Okay. I just, I love... Ah, see? <laughs> We always see just something. I love coffee. So I, I just like, man, just a hot cup of coffee would have been perfect. I had okay. a cup. Yeah, I walked in with a cup, but that's sure. just like, that's what I see. Okay. Oh, I love a hot cup of coffee. Noted. We will <laughs> fix that. See, that's why we need you. Okay, Sarah, keep going. Sorry. Um, well, but it was about a year before we finally started looking at the motivations underneath behaviors mm-hmm. and kind of realizing that my the inner critic is a huge piece Ooh. for me. It's yeah. trying to silence the inner critic. Um, which is just constantly rolling in my head. Eights don't have that quite as much. And so that was kind of a big piece for me. But a lot of it was just um, kind of recognizing that I wasn't coming in and trying to exert power. I was coming in and trying to say, there's a better way to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, it was more of a, that justice piece and the integrity piece is huge for me too. But the motivations were just totally different. And Mm -hmm. so that's when I kind of departed and was like, I'm a one. Wow. I kind of resisted the inner critic for a while. Really? I thought I don't have that. Yeah, like I don't get down on myself, or or I'm the, or I also. So it's interesting, like you saying you, you thought you might be an eight. Like I, I, I would. I was like, oh yeah, I'm a one. And then I was like, uh, maybe I'm not because I'm not a perfectionist. Like I don't have to have things mm-hmm. lined up in a certain way, or like I like things clean, but I'm not. I don't. It doesn't have to be perfectly clean. And then, but over time, I've realized like. Oh, it just comes out in a different way. Like the inner critic is real. What does it come out as for you? Oh, well, it's, it's, (laughs) I I laugh because I don't want to, I kind of don't want to sound like super spiritual, but like it's spiritual. Like it is like, like, and and this is real in the quarantine and and we'll probably get to that. But like, it's the, I could spend, pick an amount of time. I could spend an hour with the Lord and I walk out of the room and like, "Mm, God, are you, was that enough? Mm-hmm. Or, or I could, I could pray for for an hour on my knees. Oh man, like I, I didn't read enough. Like I, that's a daily thing of wow. when I spend time with the Lord. It's, it's the oh, I'm glad I, I read the Word and and but but I only I only like actually prayed prayed for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. Like is that good enough? Wow. It's I mean it's it's real. And so like that's where it plays out of this. And you start to realize oh, and that's the perfectionism too mm-hmm. of I need to be perfect in this to be the best at this, like that's where it plays out for me. Wow. Yeah, and I think that a lot of people look at things like their house and say, my house isn't perfectly clean all the time or, or you know. So I'm not a one. Exactly. I'm not, yeah. But And I used to say that to Seth. I'd go, our house is not clean. I'm clearly not a one. Like yeah. I think I'm just a super unhealthy seven. I say that all the time. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> me too. I think I am too, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so I'd use these behaviors and I'd say, clearly I'm not a one. And Seth would say, what's your inner critic saying to you right now? And it's just beating me up that the house isn't clean. And so it doesn't matter if in action it's actually playing out that you're this perfectionist. It's what's going on internally that's speaking to your oneness. And that's what really brought it home for me. Wow. Let's talk about the quarantine for a minute. Tell me how it was for y'all. I mean, brand new baby. I didn't meet your baby for weeks because we weren't allowed to be around each other. But tell me what the quarantine experience was like for y'all through your one lens. Okay. Uh, So I I have two little boys. Uh, Mac and Bo. Mac is, he'll be four in August and Bo just turned two. And you're married to Allie, Allie who's yes. a one as well. Yes. Two ones. Oh, yes. oh my gosh. Which, <laughs> that, we should talk about that. Yeah, well. <laughs> right. Uh, it, that, that's, that was a huge thing for our marriage. We, we married 10 years in October. And when we learned that we were both ones, it just explained a lot. And really? helped us. Yeah, just of like, why do I get upset 
when this happens or why why when when I say this with this intention like because I'm coming in like seeing it like oh you should do it this way yeah but then as a one you when somebody says it's you it's criticism mm-hmm. and so it just helped explain that of yeah. like okay I need I need to I need to just think how I would think if I would feel if I was in Allie's shoes and vice versa so that was huge for us yeah but man quarantine like <laughs> it was. It was awesome with our kids. Like I, I will forever be grateful for just the days of playing with my kids yeah. at this age. There, was, there we didn't have you, people that have older kids. I, I would hear them talk about just some of the hard things of explaining even what was going on, or um, you know, trying to get them off screens. Like we didn't have that. Our kids are two and four, so they just play, and so we just played all day, and it was awesome. Um, personally, I thought I was killing quarantine. I was like, man, I'm resting. I'm doing great. And then uh, two weeks ago hit, and uh, right, but like I was like a Wednesday probably, and Allie, my wife, it was just like, I, I think you're, I think you're like, she, I forget, I don't think she said striving, but she just pointed out like I think you're trying too hard, like I don't think mm. you're resting. And I'm like, mm, I thought I was, and then the next day I talked to my 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 buddy Ketrick, who my best yes. friend, and, and he very rarely like convicts like he very rarely goes in like hey you need to see but but we're talking he's like dan you're striving and then he lists out some examples and i'm like oh dang and so for i took a good 48 hours of sulking in that and just like my because then i'm like well as we do (laughs) yeah and i'm like well if i'm striving and i need to rest well then i'll just i'll figure out how to rest and it's like but that's striving to rest and so i'm like i don't know what to do how do i do it right right and so just spin spins and then so saturday night comes put the boys down Allie's on the couch. I walk downstairs and I'm just like, I'm mad. I'm like, ah, I'm going out back just to sit, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm just like, God, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And I just, it's like, go upstairs. Just go, because we have a little office. Go yeah. upstairs. And I'm like, no, I don't want to, God. Like, I don't want to go upstairs. So I finally, I'm like, fine, I'll go upstairs. No, no sooner do I sh- shut the door behind me. And he just hits me with it. Like, just start crying. And he just, he's showing me anger, mm. which is like fits of anger, which when you when you think about a one, we have it, they call it smoldering resentment. Oh wow! And so he he just he just shows me all these times of anger coming out at my wife or my kids over the last couple months, and what he connects is like, this is where frustration has built because you've lost control of things. There's things that you don't have control over anymore, mm-hmm. and you didn't you thought you were okay, but the frustration built and built and built and smoldering resentment, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it starts to come out in anger. And in his kindness, it just like it just took me to Galatians five nineteen through twenty four. Fruit of the spirits in that, but he pointed out before that, the sinful nature is one of them fits of anger, mm. and it's just like popping off the page. I'm like, okay, I get it. So it's like, I'm sorry, Lord. Like, show me, show me what you know. And he's like, okay, well, when you're in that, the 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 kingdom of God cannot manifest in your life. Like the fruit of the spirit mm-hmm. does not come out. Mm. So here's where you didn't have patience. Here's where you didn't have peace. Here's where you didn't have joy because you're operating out of fits of anger. Mm. And I'm like, ah, okay, I get it. And so the one in me goes, okay, Lord, well, maybe like, should I just fast for like 30 days? Oh like, my gosh, I, I can I, fix this. Yeah, <laughs> no lie. That's where I go. And, and, and I, I just, in my spirit, I just hear, you could. Uh-huh, then, right. But but look below. Let me and and, and mm-hmm. I took that to mean like keep reading. Yeah. And so in verse twenty four it says that your your sinful nature has been crucified with Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Has been. Mm-hmm. And it was just like has been, has been. It's already done. And you just have to set it off to the side. Yeah. Like quit picking it up. You don't need that. You have Jesus. And so that was a moment of like I thought I was killing it. Yeah. Found out I wasn't, but then God in his kindness just just gently like just refocused me in that. Yeah. So that was quarantine. Man, that's, that is huge. The anger thing. I've heard a lot of people say that was kind of the, for a lot of numbers, that was the underwriting emotion as it's coming to an end. Was that, did you feel that Sarah? Oh yeah. And it's sneaky. And it's actually part of the reason I thought it was an eight. Uh Um, In the eights, nines and ones, their underlying emotion is anger. And ones are the number that have the hardest time with it because it's not appropriate. And Mm. ones are very appropriate. They're very, they can kind of read the room and know how they're supposed to act. And so they're not okay with anger. So they're the ones that are probably, well, nines as well, but they're trying to shove their anger down and not be okay with it. And it's sneaky because that resentment, that anger piece is kind of always right under the surface if you don't deal with it. Do you feel that a lot? Is it always, are you always like, don't be? So how do you learn the line between uh, letting that anger or resentment change your path because you're meant to, because the situation you're in is frustrating or the, 
whatever, the relationship, the whatever makes you want to move out. And when you're supposed to do what he did and go head on into the anger. Uh, Well, the anger piece is so tricky because it's becoming at peace with who you are as a one. It's facing the fact that perfection is such a a myth Mm -hmm. um, and kind of learning to be at peace with things are not going to be perfect Mm -hmm. because that's where the anger piece comes out is like never getting there. Yeah. And so learning to kind of be at peace. And that's why I don't really love, I typically say reformer when I'm talking about a one because perfect is such a myth. It only exists in the kingdom of God. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, I don't love using that word, but it's about being at peace with the things that you're striving for. You're never going to get there. You're never going to be quite what you're hoping to be. I mean, it's what you were saying, Dan, of like, did I pray enough? Did I? Yeah. Because you're just never, you've never filled the cup all the way up. Yeah. And I think as uh, when when we step into unhealth with it, that actually goes into other parts of our lives Mm -hmm. too. Like then I start to look at, did I spend enough time with my kids? Like, yeah, I was on the floor with them. Did I play with them enough? You know, like it can, it can go, I mean. Was I present or was yes, I just there? Yes. Uh, yeah. It just is. And that's the inner critic. It just mm-hmm. never ends. Yeah. We actually had a request to have parents that are ones on the show. Like mm-hmm. I looked specifically for ones who are parents because mm-hmm. how do you see, and this isn't on your list. I'm really sorry. Oh, how do you see, how do you see, what's the kind of things you need to say to yourself in parenting to be a healthy parent as a one? Um, it's been a lot of grace for my son that my three-year-old, he is just a tank and he He is is just, he's like a bull in a China closet all the time. And I'm constantly going, he's three, he's three, he's three and, and making space and allowing him to be three instead of trying to fit him into this mold of appropriateness and perfection Mm. that I would like to put him in. Mm -hmm. The tricky part about that is I think my five-year-old who's almost six is a one. I was about to say, because Havy kind of is pretty close she, to being perfect. I mean, she, yeah. and you can kind of see the stress rise in her when she's not meeting expectation. Mm. And you can see her go and clean the house if she feels like she's not getting attention or if she's not feeling loved. She's going to oh, go wow. do something to attempt to earn my love. And we've really been working on that. It's it's actually terrifying to see my <laughs> behaviors playing out in, yeah. my, in my five-year-old. Yeah. Um, but for us, it's been a lot of, settling and making space for who who they should be able to be as a three-year-old mm-hmm. to, to be able to yeah. make a mess within reason but yeah 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 it's it's definitely a challenge sometimes of just that like okay how do we discipline how do we how do we help train up and all that stuff yeah. of, without and so I think for me what I go to and, and my wife Allie does the same of let me just let me just hold him like oh, let me just okay. hold Mac like when he mm-hmm. w- when he's maybe um, I don't know. That's that's how I view it. It's like yeah. if the if that's the father's posture to me, uh, Father God of just like he just he wants to be with us. And like when we're when we're upset, I just view him in a rocking chair, just saying, "Come come sit with me." Yeah, you know. And so like for my kids, like that helps me of like instead of fixing it, just hold them for mm-hmm. a minute. Okay. And, and let so it's l- almost a discipline you're doing. Yeah. 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 Like it's 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 a challenge. Yeah. I would say it's a, and 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 then becoming aware sometimes like okay maybe I'm maybe I'm it's okay if he does this. It's okay if he's getting mud in the house or it's okay mm-hmm. if he's, you know, cause it's just, it's, it is hard. I think for a one to, to not, yeah. especially when our kids are young, like yeah. to not put them in that box of, Hey, you need to do this perfect. Yeah. And they, it's such a sanctifier because they'll, especially Athen will look at me if I've gone to that angry place, which we do. And he'll go, mommy, your face scares me when you're angry mm. and nothing puts you back in your place yeah. like that. That's, yeah, I would imagine that yeah. would be. Yeah, there was a day Mac asked me, why'd you get angry at me? And I was like, oh, gosh. <laughs> like, he got, we put him to bed. I'm like, okay, Jesus, you got to fix that. Yeah. I like, yeah. go in there and we rewrite whatever that. I just did. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. just fix that. I don't know. <laughs> fix uh, it, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus, that's you. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I think it's interesting to hear you say, I just, we should hold them before or instead of fixing mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. But it also feels like that's the thing you should do for yourself, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the so acceptance piece is really big for ones. Like we just don't believe we're going to be accepted unless we're appropriate and perfect. And so yeah. that that's really the shadow side of that. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just thinking about one of the things you asked was what does God need to tell you on a daily basis? Yeah. And for me, it was like that you are the daughter of the most high king and that is enough. Yeah. Your identity as daughter is enough, which to me is essentially him as Father God holding you and saying, because you're my daughter, you're enough. Yeah. And 
I think that does play out in parenting for us. Mm -hmm. But it is absolutely what I need every day of the constant fixing, the constant to-do list that's running in your head. None of that matters Mm -hmm. because your identity as daughter is what you always come back to and it's enough. And I feel feel like there's a there's a challenge in it of understanding that that we're enough and we don't have to do all these things but yet our 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 personality is we we are we are kind of good at doing things and so like it's okay to still do things like that yeah. I think that's the that's the balance that's sometimes hard to find is how do I in my heart know that it's that I'm good enough that yeah. God is pleased and still be able to do things, but maintain that heart. Yeah, because you don't have to pretend like you're not good at stuff because y'all <laughs> right. are both very good at stuff. <laughs> and that's what I th- that's one of the things I feel like God's trying to strip away is that false humility, mm. right? Like if, if you're gifted in it, if God's saying, if I've gifted that to you, then walk in it and don't, don't like hide it. Don't say, ah, you know, it's like, okay, no, no. Like if you have a word for that person, go tell them. Mm-hmm. And just it's from the Lord and it'll bless them. Don't worry about anything else with it, whatever, whatever the gifting is, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's been a process, I think, walking through that too of how do I know that? And, and, and I'm, yesterday I'm having conversations like, help me understand grace. Like I'm realizing like I get it in my mind. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to believe some of it in my heart, if yeah, I'm honest. Like yeah. it, I don't have to do anything. Right. Really? Like, oh, really, gosh. God, are you are you for real? <laughs> Sarah's like, it don't work like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think because we can accomplish a lot, I think it's really easy for our identity to get wrapped up in the things that we do. Right. Which, I mean, to me, so much has gone back to the identity piece, especially this year for me. Yeah. Um, but because we can do a lot of things. Because of PACs well, or why? Why this year? Um, I think shiftings in work, shiftings in family. Yeah, I think all of it. But yeah. I think because we can do a lot of things well, it's really easy for your identity to be totally in that. Mm-hmm. But the pro- like, as soon as you mess up, it can just crash your world down around you yeah. because your identity isn't rooted where it should be. That's what I would love for y'all to answer next is what's great about being a one? Like, what do you love about your personality type and what's the best parts about it? That's, That's going to be a very difficult question I mean, question what are you most proud of would technically be what I wrote down. I, <laughs> I think I, I would say I, there's a confidence, I think, that comes with being a one. Yeah. Um, I like that about ones. Yeah. So I, I like we can, if you ask us to do like this, I've never been on a podcast. <gasps> this is your first podcast? Like, I've never oh. been on anything. Have yes. you been on this? Also my debut. <gasps> yeah. What? And what probably retirement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a one shot thing. I don't, I don't know. And retirement. It's yeah. your intro and your outro. <laughs> yeah. But well, like, thank you guys. Wow. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Go ahead, Dan. Well, so so for as an example, like never done this, but but there's, I think we just we've been given a confidence by the Lord of like well, you can do that. Yes, you know, like you can do that. You can do, so so that's one. I think that's one thing that's great about being. A can woman. you do it spontaneously? Like if I had Ooh, called no, you and no, said, no, no. "Come right now," but well. If no, we would, because we would want to be perceived True. as very competent. Okay. True. But um, it really helps a one to go, I can do anything if I'm given time. Well, yeah. so here's the thing about a lot of ones. If it's something we don't think we can do well, or if it's something we don't think we can kill, we will either not do it or procrastinate it. Mm. So um, that's actually the hard part about getting the questions early is you get them and you're like, shoot, I don't know if I can answer these well. I'm going to just put it off. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm going to just not do it. Until 1030 and then I got to. I did this last night. Add a so, girl. <laughs> so that would be the benefit of springing it on me. But yeah. we're going to also kind of feign confidence so yeah. that we are perceived as competent, even if we're not totally sure we can do it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like something that's helped a lot in that for me is – learning to hear the Lord's voice better. Yeah, talk and about that. Because like you can, when, when, when we learn that, then we can take things that maybe we're not confident in and we can say, okay, God, you brought this to me. I don't know what I'm doing. Like that's, that's how my, that was my posture coming into the job at the Franklin campus. Mm. Lord, I have no idea how to do this. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to disciple these people. I don't know how to, I've never led this many people, but you clearly set this up. Yeah. So, show me what to do. Teach me what to do. I'm relying on you. And then it's the pressure's off me. Like, yeah. and it's like, I, you did it, not me. You got to fix it, not me, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. And so even if it's something like this, it's like, okay, God, I, show me what you want me to share. And then uh, I'm going to be good with that because yeah. I trust that it's you mm-hmm. leading it, not me just out of my own strength. Cause that's exhausting. Yeah. If we just are like, oh, I got to do this perfect, you know? Yeah. So, so learning to hear the Lord's voice has helped a lot mm. remove some of that pressure. Do you ever worry that you're hearing him wrong? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, you probably do. So I, all of us do. Oh, like, no. Oh, we, no, we're, we're once. We don't ever hear about it. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, I don't know what yeah. that you would be like, You want a word Annie. from the Lord. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, come to us. Yeah. We're the most prophetic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, yes. And, and that's something that the Lord is teaching, too, of like, there is wisdom and value in silence. Like mm-hmm. maybe I tell you something or you think I tell you something, sit on it for a little bit. Let's just, mm-hmm. let's just wait and, and, and see. Yeah. There's definitely times I'm like, uh, man, maybe I got that way wrong. And that's, yeah. it's kind of a scary thought when you're like, oh gosh, I thought that was a little I, bit. I think that's where that change piece comes from. One's being afraid of change because big decisions are terrifying because getting it wrong is probably my biggest fear, making the wrong decision. And part of that. I think I'm a self-preservation one, okay. which means I'm always looking down the road around kind of everything, around the safety of our family. I'm like, I'm always budgeting. I'm always doing yeah. things to kind of maintain the safety of our family. And so we're hyper aware of consequences, which means when we're coming to make a massive decision, we're really aware of the consequences of the wrong decision. Will you put that into the story of moving from your house in one part of town to the house in the other part of town? Was there a lot of like... Oh, my gosh. Okay. So much fear. So we just, we were in East Nashville. My husband Yeah, I wasn't going to tell your address. You can do whatever you want. (laughs) On the street. No, we were in East Nashville. We're not there anymore, so I can say it. But um, uh, my husband works in East. I work in Franklin. So I was driving crazy long with the kids. An hour. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, at least. With the kids in the car, we were getting to the age where Haven needed to go to kindergarten. We're looking at the schools around us. We're just trying to figure out what's best case scenario here if I'm driving. Um, and we deliberated and deliberated and deliberated. Well, I did. Seth was like, let me know when you decide what we're going <laughs> to do. But it was like, even when we moved, we finally decided to move south. There's you know schools that we were comfortable with, all kinds of things. We moved in. And probably for the first two weeks of being there, I think I cried every day going, I don't know if I'm going to like this. I don't know if this was the right decision. And it probably was. I mean, we could have made either one work, but I was just torn up that I had moved my family and it was going to be the wrong thing. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's everything. That's why ones are exhausted all the time. (laughs) And and it's funny to say, what are you you afraid of? That was one of the questions you sent us. And I I forgot I wrote this down, but not hearing God correctly. That's what I wrote. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's the same because we're afraid we're going to get it wrong. Mm -hmm. And then that ultimately says we're not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so it's like, okay, you could have done it right, but you did not Right. Like, like that, that is, and not, not, and then from that comes not being obedient. Like that's where, like I go, okay, if I don't hear him right, then I'm not going to be obedient. And then he's going to be mad. And then I, you know, I I get like, I have to slow myself down and say, okay, no, 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 that's not God's character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation with Sarah and Dan to tell you about our friends over at Raycon. Y'all, I haven't gotten to tell you yet about these earbuds, but we are so grateful to be partnered with them. It's a company co-founded by Ray J. Y'all know Ray J. And it provides innovative earbud designs at prices that don't break the bank. Raycon aims to empower go-getters around the world, that's you and me, by creating the next wave in wireless audio technology with its suite of true wireless audio products. I absolutely love the Raycon Everyday E25 earbuds. Y'all know I've been doing the couch to 5K thing, and so I've been running with wireless earbuds for the last couple weeks, and I absolutely love Raycons. Here's a couple of reasons why. For starters, they're rose gold. You guys, they are rose gold. They are so beautiful. They stay in my ears. They don't fall out, which is awesome. They sound so great, and the price is great. And the reason they don't fall out of my ears is because they have these variety of fits. So when you get your box, there are different little covers so that you actually can take them off and put new ones on that so that it fits your ears personally, which is amazing. They also come in this cool compact carrying case that charges your earbuds up to four times in a single charge. So you don't have to worry about charging it very much, which is helpful for me because I tend to forget that kind of stuff. These Raycon earbuds are great for home, for working out, for listening to music and podcasts just like these. So go to buyraycon.com slash that sounds fun. And they're going to give my friends 15% off your order. Y'all, Raycon earbuds start at about half the price of other premium wireless earbud brands. And they sound just as amazing as the top audio brands. So again, you're going to go to buyraycon.com slash that sounds fun and get 15% off your order. I cannot wait for you guys to try these out and let me know what you think. Now back to the show. I'm a seven and I have, but I can go toward one pretty easily and unhealth. So a lot of the things that y'all feel 
ping in me of like, yeah, I know, totally. I know, I yeah. know. It's, it's so all that feels really the, true in me. The the seven one combo is is a great working combo. Right? Really? Oh, I, Kevin, Ke- Kevin, Ketrick is a seven. Yes. And we we and that's why we get along so well because. Mm-hmm. He, he brings the fun out in me, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's like, let's do this, let's do this. And which we're more cautious as one. So, you know, he's, he always will I'm like, well, what the, maybe. And, but uh, <laughs> but when, when you, when there's a good relationship of, of a healthy seven and a healthy one, like it's, it's good because yeah. you have somebody who's like, ideas, ideas. And then a one's like, well, let's think through some of it too. And <laughs> it, it works well together. Yeah. Tell me that one of the questions on your paper that I hope you answered, nothing is worse to me than when I feel what? That I've disappointed someone. Really? Oh, yeah. And it kind of ties into what he was talking about of hearing the Lord wrong, and then ultimately he's going to be mad and he's going to yeah. feel disappointed. Um, if I have disappointed someone I care about, that is just, that will gut me. Until? Until forever. Until. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think hearing the words, no, it's okay, it's okay, is really helpful. But, I mean, it's really about, it doesn't really matter what the other person says. It's about finding peace that, like, sometimes you mess up. Yeah. And learning to have grace for yourself is really, really tough. But when yeah. I've disappointed, when I've let someone down, that's a big deal for me. Yeah. Yeah, mine's just, I, I wasn't good enough. Mm. Whether it's a dad, husband, Christian, like, oh, I wasn't good enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the hard thing. Being married to another one. Yeah. People ask me all the time, will you do a series with all the couples? I'm like, that is 45 <laughs> combinations. <laughs> that's, an, that's a year of podcasting. That's a lot. And that's how would I ever <laughs> find all those people? But yeah. I'm interested sitting here with a, someone who's married to another one. How do you love your wife well when you know of the one things you know about her? Yeah. Well, she makes it easy. That's very kind of you. Well, yeah, she is I lovely. Mean, yeah. She's the best. Like... I just I, th- I think back to um, when we when our, our relationship started. We, we dated in college and then got married after college, and so we've been together dating and married fifteen years almost. And like the the grace and forgiveness that she's given me over the years of mm. of because for me my oneness when I, when I didn't know what I didn't even know about the Enneagram, but but like when I look back now. It would come out and me seeing things, I would try to fix her what I thought was wrong, or I would say, you need to do this better. When, when I'm not, I mean, it was just self-righteousness. Mm. And that was damaging, mm. like really damaging. But her forgiveness in that and grace through that, it's like, okay, so then we get on the other side of it. And, and it's just, it just, it, it makes it easy at that point of like, mm-hmm. I, I know she's somebody that no matter when I mess up, like I, it's the one where where maybe I don't feel that as much of nothing's worse to me than I wasn't good enough for, for her because I've never felt that. Mm. I've never felt that. She she is somebody that my name is the safest with in the world, and it's always been that way. Yeah. And so like for I think that's why. Like It's just like I, I know that even when I have a bad day and I and I say something or do something that, that's stupid, yeah. <laughs> that there might be hurt from it, and, and I'll need to repent and apologize and all that, but, but she's never like, there's there's never a fear of her not being there for me. Wow. So I don't know if that answered your question, yeah, but I would imagine ones really need I mean everyone needs that, but I would imagine ones really need someone that yeah. sticks yeah. around even when things go sideways yeah, in uh, your uh, minds. That, yeah, that that remind like there was a, a few years ago there's a moment where like the Lord just took us to a place of deepest confession. Like to where we we share things of like a thought that mm-hmm. that might have been a little off from years ago, mm-hmm. you know. And so when that happened, and I could literally say like, "Hey, back in college, there was this thought or this train of thought for a while, or whatever," mm-hmm. and her to be there like, "It's okay, mm-hmm. like it's okay. I know that that's not who you are in Christ. Like it's okay, man. I mean, that's freedom, mm-hmm. right? Like that takes you to another level of freedom mm-hmm. in your marriage. So so." Those are the things. And then beginning to understand, like we talked about, being to understand, like, oh, when I say that, she's probably going to take that as criticism because she's a one, just yeah. like me, you know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I would think that's helpful. Sarah, you're married to a nine. Yes, I am. How, how does your oneness play into how you support Seth? Uh, it, it was really rocky for a long time. I think the Enneagram was really, really important in our marriage um, because I couldn't understand his nineness. He couldn't understand my oneness. Um, and how 
in a lot of ways, the nine and the one work exactly opposite from each other. Oh, really? Well, just because a nine, you know, they often have the term sloth around them, which means like it's kind of slow to get started kind of things. Um, And I would constantly be like, why don't you just do da-da-da-da-da and try to fix him? Uh And even get mad at him for irresponsible things that he was doing one thing that was really interesting irresponsible things that he was doing totally (laughs) well it's funny because uh at some point he pointed out you're getting mad at me for things that you're not even doing Mm. and it was this interesting thing because my inner critic what was actually happening is I was mad at myself because I hadn't been responsible in those ways. Are you talking about like putting away groceries? Totally. Something okay. stupid like okay. that or like yeah. your car registration being expired yeah. is a real I was like, example. Is, was he skateboarding no. or was no, he? No, no, no. Just like <laughs> without a helmet. It, it, like the word. <laughs> wait, wait. You, wait. you said you the car registration being, being expired. Expired. Well, this is a real that, example. How does that happen though? Every time. I don't understand that. Every year. Like I, I, I walk by, I'm like, how on earth do you not Listen, renew it? So yeah, I'm, I'm not even I mean, going to tell you <laughs> what month his car is on right now. Does your but, um, gas tank ever get to the light? Does the light ever come on? Every single time. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah That's but, where my seven comes out. But right. I know how many miles I have. Yeah, true. Yeah. It's like, no, it's... You're not going to well, run out of gas. What's so no, funny no. is like... There's this misnomer that ones are rule followers. No, we follow rules that we believe make sense. Like, and it's kind of a self-righteous thing of like, that rule's dumb. I've got, like, I, I got a better to rule. Follow. Yeah, better rule. <laughs> really. Yeah, like I totally. That, I will not stop when that light turns on because I know I've got another thirty miles. Exactly, and that's like, the rule. I'll follow. Yeah, I'm smarter than that light. Oh wow, ridiculous, oh, right? <laughs> So it's fun to be one. I, it, I hope people don't think like, oh man, ones are miserable. No, it's kind of fun to be a one. I think. Yeah, I like it. We, we need one. When ones. we let that little seven out. It's yeah. Fun. yeah. <laughs> and the thing y'all don't hear that everyone else has heard is one of the things Seth does at the beginning of every show is say, "Why do we need ones?" Mm-hmm. And he has a really beautiful answer about That's why good. y'all matter on the planet. So they are our friends listening already have that in their mind. So you don't have okay. to worry. They aren't like. Good. These people are the worst. <laughs> oh they can't. They can't do anything. We no. can't make them happy because they can't make themselves happy. You know, it's so funny. I was walking in. I was on the phone with Seth, and he's like, "Are you good?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fine." He's like, "Of course you're fine." He goes, "Just be a happy one." And oh. I was like, "What?" I, I, no joke. I had three different people tell me, "Just have fun on there." Three uh, different people told me that. Just be a happy like, one. I am a happy one. <laughs> yeah. What do you think they were afraid of, or are afraid you would feel? I think. I, I'm I rigidity. You're yeah. trying to do and it pressure. right. You're trying yeah. to do it right. Yeah, and and I'll jump into overthinking a lot. Uh huh. And get and yeah, Allie would tell you yes. Uh, overthinking is a is a downfall because then I just get in my own head mm-hmm. and spin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, totally. And now that we're kind of on the other side of pandemic, stay at home. As far as we know, we're recording this a little bit ahead of advance, and it, which is funny because you're like. We need to record the day before things release at this speed in the world, but we just can't. And so, you know, we are coming out and watching different states let people out at different times and how Davidson County and Williamson County are different. What did that do? What does that do in your guts about is it where the rule following fall in when it comes to wearing a mask and staying at home and all that? They're just looking Um, at each other, everyone. Yeah. I, I hope this is where my health as a one is coming out because there's some areas where I know enough to know that I don't know, mm. you know, and I, I don't, this is not an area where I think I have a better rule. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where I'm going, I hope that I'm healthy enough to defer to the experts and go, I don't know. So you need mm. to tell me what to do. So I've, you know, in a really practical example, I tend to wear a mask because why not? Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, because I don't know. Yeah. I would agree with that. Okay. Yeah. I We did a, on the Annie and Eddie Keep Talking show, the other podcast I do, we did a bingo game. <laughs> and uh, about halfway through, we realized that, that the rules needed to shift because not enough people were going to win or too many people were going to win. It's been a couple months now. I don't remember. The ones lit me up. Oh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone who lit me up, I was like, yeah. tell, tell me more. And what's your Instagram number? And all, across the board. And then afterwards, it was over when I had made a joke. Uh, a bunch of ones responded to my joke and were like, yeah, it actually was actually pretty hard for me that you changed the rules in the middle of the yeah, game. It's a, it's a lack of integrity, Annie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? I know. I mean, is that how it feels? I mean, that's the yeah, first thing yeah, that yeah. Came, to, came to your mind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, personally, no, just because I can separate 
it's a game. Sure. Yes. Right, right. If that were a real thing, you know, if that were like a different legal. If money was oh, involved or. Yeah. 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 yeah that would have been hard. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mean. And, and the thing was, there was everybody won. It was like everybody wins. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so it was kind of like if you but just. we could have won better if you would have left the rules. The this is the problem. You know? yeah. This is the, I know. I know. I <laughs> knew a better it. way. I know. I know. That's exactly true. Yeah. That, um, that, that's, that, that makes me think of. It's a, it is. I have had to learn and wrestle through changes. It, like, so chat's changing rules. Yeah. So like if there's a, if there's a meeting set or something set and the time changes or something changes last minute, like it. it like I don't, I don't let it out, and uh-huh. I, it's it's not as hard anymore. But it used to be really hard. Like internally, I would be like kind of boiling of like, no, 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 no. We had this plan. Like, why are we changing it? Wow. Like that's it. Just so it's kind of like the rules thing. Like yeah. it is that that's the whole change thing for me. Of like, if there's a plan, and then for some reason at the last second it gets changed. Now, if there's a big circumstance, and well, I understand that, if it's just a change because somebody someone's late, late for dinner, or yeah. whatever, it's Oof. like, ooh, that's hard. <laughs> Tell me, one of the things after last year's NES Summer that a lot of people wanted to, responded to me about and wanted to talk about is, how do you go from unhealthy to healthy? Mm. If I listened to these ones and I and I feel like I'm an unhealthy one, or how, how what is that journey? What are some steps people can take that you've seen in your life? Because even you saying like, I've learned to separate, it's a game and yeah. it's a da-da-da. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a healthy Yeah growth place how how do you how would you encourage ones that are listening to grow uh, i think a, a big thing is slow down mm. and th- and that's something that i feel like i hear a lot just internally just like slow down just slow down because it stops me from just doing or from just kind of reacting it's just like slow down that's helped um and then the lord yeah <laughs> i yeah. mean that True. it is like it's just when you when you realize you're in the operation of just doing and doing and doing, it's just going to him be like, why? Like, show mm-hmm. me the root of this. Why? Why am I? Why don't I believe that you're satisfied? You know, wow. give me a picture of it. There was a, there was a moment for me that uh, I, I just I, I felt like the Lord gave a picture of him. This is kind of where the the father in a rocking chair started. Him in a rocking chair and just just saying, sit in my lap. Like you can literally ask me as many questions as you want. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. And and when we're done, I'll lay you in bed and you can just rest. And it was a moment for me of of just a shift of like, he just wants me to sit with him. Yeah. He just wants to be with me and me be with him and to invite him into what I'm doing. And and so often I'll get just going, 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 and I lose sight of him. Yeah. And so that's the other part is is slowing down enough to then look back to the Lord and be like, let me just pause mm-hmm. and remember who you are. And then that will take my focus off of me because I think a lot of times it becomes a self-conscious thing of like, I'm, I'm just focusing on myself, how I can get better and better and better, yeah. not really thinking about other people or the Lord. And then it just that you'll wait, you, all of a sudden you're waking up, like, why do I feel miserable? Yeah. Like, why, why am I in the, Why is the critic so loud right mm-hmm. now? And it's because you've just been focusing on yourself. Wow. What about yeah. you, Sarah? What's it looked like to travel toward health? It really has been diving into the concept of grace. Mm. in both receiving and giving grace to other people, you know, because ones are often experienced as so critical. um, And we are. But I I was telling someone the other day, when you're feeling this critical spirit from someone or from a one, you're getting about a fraction of what they're heaping on themselves. So that's Mm. how they know how to relate to you. And so being able to dive into this concept of grace and being able to give yourself grace Mm -hmm. when you are not perfect yeah. Um, being able to give other people grace when they don't meet your expectations of them, which are 99% of the time too high. It, to me, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it's it's always going back to where's your identity rooted? Yeah. Is your identity rooted so that believing you're the daughter of the Most High King is enough? Or are you striving to make yourself enough? Are you mm-hmm. trying to do enough? Are you trying to accomplish enough to be enough? You, you'll never get there. Yeah. So it's it's kind of diving back into God. Who do you say I am? Because you said I'm enough. Yeah, that's really good. Both of those answers are really good. I think that's I, I have two big goals in this is that people who listen identify are able to locate who they are if they want to figure out their number and how to get healthy in it. And then they've heard me say this, but eight out of nine of us are not ones. And so how do we love ones well what does it look like for your friends for your partner for your family members to love ones really well 
I like this question. Yeah. Um, I think for probably most ones, definitely me. It's actually not about words. We're we're so oriented toward actions and show me that you love me. Mm. And that's really important to me. When Seth puts gas in my car, that says volumes to me more than, um, hey, I think you did this thing well. I'm really? Like, well, I know I did it well. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. I wouldn't have done but, it. <laughs> yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent right. That's so. <laughs> um, so action to me is so important. But I've realized um, he's going to feel so validated when he hears this. Yes. <laughs> so he is so intentional to tell me. He he gives me permission to not do the thing I feel obligated to do. Because ones are so, I should be doing this. I should be doing this. I should be like doing this. Like I should be this. cleaning the kitchen. And I should like, yeah. sit down. I sh- exactly. Okay. Like I should cook you dinner because I don't want you to fend for yourself. And he's like, you don't need to. Mm-hmm. Go rest. Mm. He often gives me permission to not do the thing I feel like I have to do. And that's, wow. um, it, it even teaches me in that moment. Oh, I don't, I don't have to do this. Yeah. So that's it's really a grace. Good. Yeah, yeah. The should, uh, the should thing is real. Like I should have done this. I should have done that. Um, I think for me. Again, same. It's not telling me I did a great job. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm aware. <laughs> that is my favorite thing y'all said today. Sound, yeah, don't tell me that because I know. We sound terrible. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> it's, it's true. Uh, I think uh, it's when you let me in to a mm. vulnerable moment um, and you trust me with that. Because yeah. what you're telling me is like, I trust your integrity. I trust that you, you're you going to be um, trustworthy with what I'm sharing. Yeah. So that that's a big thing for me. If like if you let me into the inner circle, to the inner thought, to the to the moment where you're just you're kind of being your full self, and you're going to trust me with that, then mm-hmm. that shows me that you really care and that you. I wonder you why. Know, why? Why does that feel like that? I think it's the integrity piece. I think okay. it's it's to me it's showing that who I've who I who you see uh-huh. is who I really am. Totally. Well, and I think it's also the vulnerability piece because we are very intent on looking appropriate and looking the way we think you you think we should. Uh-huh. Um, so vulnerability can be really hard. So when someone else models that to us, it's it breaks down all kinds of walls and it says, yeah. oh, I can do that, too. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like it, to, to look. It's funny you said that to look look the way that like literally this morning I'm thinking like, OK, I, I what do like what? This is this is how I look. I want to make sure that I look, and I know it's it's a podcast. You can't even see us, but like I'm like, Does this outfit okay. sound okay? Yeah. Like, like this is who Dan is. Like I wear jeans and a t-shirt yes. and a ball cap. Like that's me. Like I don't yeah. want to put. Like, I gotta literally think through. I don't want to put on something so that somebody may look at me and think I'm something I'm not. Mm-hmm. Wow, the so, integrity is that mm-hmm. deep. It is that yeah, like. For, gosh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Does this outfit sound okay, <laughs> Sarah? That's the best. <laughs> well, to be fair, we are going to be on YouTube for a second, okay. and we oh will take gosh. a picture. So, okay, good, it good. pays <laughs> off. Ebo showed up looking right. I yeah, I think that's that's a such an interesting. I'm sorry, y'all don't get to hear all nine right now as I'm hearing them all right now because nobody thinks the same. Yeah, nobody oh, totally. thinks the same. Yeah, and and so it is just amazing to hear what. It makes me more sympathetic toward ones to hear how hard it is inside Mm. yeah, Yeah. and that you're having to choose something different. Is there anything we didn't say about ones that I want to say or about you? You are just people too. (laughs) I mean, I love for people to know that there's this little seven that's kind of dying to get out. Really? You know, like, yeah. When That's um, why you let me act absolutely crazy at your house with your children? Because it really does help me. And I... I love being in that space. And it's hard for ones that get there because we're so wired to at first fix the things that are broken in front of us. Mm. Everything's broken. We can only see the broken things. So it's really hard to get to this place of peace where we're really kind of 70 and ones are fun. We're not known to be fun, but yeah. we, we, we're pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. It is pretty amazing the way my experience of ones, and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, is that sometimes in a meeting, there's eight people. There's a one in the meeting and everybody else is real stoked about this idea. And the one's like, okay, but totally. and you're welcome for that. And you're like, you are bursting every bubble that the rest of us that we have saved you up. from all kinds of things. So literally every place y'all sit down, every restaurant you walk into, you can go like, this oh. is so great. But I would have hung that over. there. It ruins so many things. Like I'll walk into a restaurant. If they were to just move that wall over there and, and snake that line this way, it would ma- it would be so much. Why doesn't someone ask me? I could just tell them how to do this better. And, but I think it comes out different. So I don't I don't always think that way. Like, yeah. Walking in here, I really did. I wasn't like looking like, okay, what does Annie need to change around? But I, I, mine comes out more. And this is where it's so dangerous of like, and why I've struggled with self-righteousness is because it comes out and like, I, I, 
I see what you're doing and I, I can evaluate really quickly of mm. like either that's there's integrity in that or not, or that's just a bad idea. You shouldn't do it. Like that's it's mine's more like of, of actions with yeah. people. Like mm. I can just see it. And like, there's a gift in that from the Lord. There's a gift in totally. that. It's discernment. It's, it's being able to see things ahead of time, but it, it can easily be perverted by the enemy. Mm-hmm. Wow, man. But it's, it, yeah, I mean, it is the reality that our gifts are always two, two sides of a coin. Yeah. Totally. They are either what people need or the, the, the enemy can distort them yeah. and make it harder on the yeah. planet. Yeah, and I think that's, if I would say, what, what should you know about a, a one? I think if you are a one, take some time with the Lord and say, what am I, what do I just say that I am that I'm not? Going back to mm. identity, it's like for me, this is real. I, I, I went back and looked in my journal just to like read what it was. It's like a year, a little over a year ago, a year and a half ago now, I guess. But I had, I just, there was a moment I'm like, I'm literally calling myself self-righteous. Like I'm saying I am Mm self-righteous. And God was like, no, if you're in Jesus, you're not self-righteous. And so it was a moment of like, hold on. Uh, No, I'm not self-righteous. Who am I? Okay, you're these things. And I felt like the Lord was just saying the opposite, like meek and gentle and tender. And and saying you step into self-righteousness sometimes. You put on the sinful flesh, but it's not who you are. And it was just this clarifying thought of, who was I in fifth grade? Oh, I was the kid that cried on the back of the bus leaving fifth grade because I was sad to leave elementary school. Yeah. And I was soft and I was doing something changed in mm-hmm. middle school, but like I was that. Like yeah. that's who God created me to be. And so it's it goes, it's so big the identity piece for one of what are the identities we're carrying that we're not. Yeah. And and just shoving those off to the side and letting God rewrite that for us. Hmm. Okay. That's good. We need ones, y'all. I'm grateful for y'all. The planet needs ones. So what I would love to do is we will hop over to YouTube. The question we're asking everybody on YouTube that I didn't prep you for because I'm a monster is kind of some thoughts on the election, not who to vote for or what to vote, but like how are you collecting information so that you are able to wisely walk toward November? So that's what we'll go and talk about on YouTube. Is that okay? Yeah. You both, I wish the world could see. I mean, your faces both were like, you say what? Whoa. But the last question we always ask on the show, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what you do for fun. This is this is a loaded question, too. Because <laughs> we're talking about ones and like, you know, this whole fun yes. thing. So everybody's waiting to hear. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. I love, like, um, I'm not an introvert at all. No. But I, I'm not just throw me into a group of people that I don't know either. I want my people um, and I love investing in my relationships. And so I love having everybody over. We cook, we have good wine, you know, like um, everybody just eating. That's that's the most fun for me. Will you, real quick before Dan answers, will you tell about your baby shower for Pax? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I will. I don't know it if I can all do your it people. quickly. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Um, my sweet friend. So I had um, some complications in this pregnancy, and I knew that my son was going to come early. And because of those complications, the doctor was monitoring me every couple days, taking my blood and all this. My sweet friends had planned a baby shower that was going to be at my house. And so I'm in my bathroom that night. I had been to the doctor that morning. They'd drawn my blood and everything. And um, while I'm getting ready, probably everybody's driving to my house. My doctor calls and was like, hey, your blood just came back and it's not good and it's time to go. Like the day of the shower at her house. (laughs) And I was like... And if for, I was driving, I'd be like, what the heck? Why, is, why are we changing the time? What's was, going on? Oh, I could not tell you. This was at, at this point, I think I was almost 36 weeks. I was not ready. Mm-hmm. And oh, um, I was in some kind of denial that it was my third baby. So like I hadn't packed a bag. <laughs> I hadn't. And I, so I'm on the phone with my doctor and I was like, okay, you're going to think I'm crazy, but can I have like two hours before I get there? Yeah. Because <laughs> they're bringing things I actually need. And so they all got there and we're like tearing presents open and throwing it in a bag. And I'm like, what even goes in a hospital bag? I don't even know. And it ended up being really beautiful because they all just gathered around. They had this blanket that they all put their hands on and prayed over the blanket. And that ended up kind of covering me during the whole labor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ended up being incredible and beautiful. But you want to talk about not wanting things to change. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was like we're having a baby tonight. Yeah. I was on the road and I kept getting texts like, the shower's today. Wish it did. I'm going to have the baby today. <laughs> the shower's still happening. <laughs> Lindsay will text you from now yeah, on. And so I mean, then another friend switched and I got all the information after that. I mean, it was, That's I was wild. like, wow, that is not right for Sarah's personality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
that was, that was a lot. <laughs> okay, Dan, what do you do for fun? Oh, man. Um, what do I do for fun? I, I love playing with my kids. Yeah. We have a creek in our neighborhood, just going to the creek. Mac and I started fishing. I love to fish. He, so he went fishing for the first time and caught some fish, which was awesome. Yeah. So I love doing that. Like if I think of, man, what sounds really fun, I'm like, Allie and I, my wife went to went to Ireland before we had our first kid, and I'm yeah. like, I would like let's go spend a summer in the Irish countryside, right? Yes. Like that would be amazing. So like that's like a big like oh that'd be so fun. So, mm-hmm. um, but kind of what you said too, uh, Sarah is just hanging with the people that are my people. Yeah, like sitting down and having some awesome conversations. And, yeah. Um, just having fun together. I Ones love are that. so loyal to the people they love. It's one of my very favorite things. So yeah. I um, that's fun for me too. How lo- loyal are you people? Um, all right. How do you feel? We crushed Eight. it. No. <laughs> <laughs> we killed it. You did. You really did. It was great. I love you both. I'm grateful. You guys, how much do you love Sarah and Dan? I know. And the fact that Dan is also married to a one, that's amazing. And as you have probably figured out, we talked about it. Sarah is married to Seth, who does the intro for every episode for us this year. Two of my favorite couples. I'm so happy that Sarah and Dan were able to be here. As we are sharing all things Enneagram, I just want to remind you, if you're curious about your number, our Ennea Summer 2020 partner your Enneagram coach has created an amazing assessment for you. They also have great courses and tools to learn more about the Enneagram and build relationships with other numbers. You can go take the assessment by going to your Enneagram slash that sounds fun, or you can just click through the link in our show notes. And as you have probably heard with the eights and the nines, we are talking about the election over on YouTube. So head to youtube.com slash Annie F Downs TSF to hear some very specific and thoughtful reflections from our ones. I think it's going to be really helpful. And hey, if you identify as an Enneagram one, share this episode with your people so we can get to know you better and love you and understand you really well. If y'all need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. And don't forget, we have those special Annie Summer koozies over at shopanniefdowns.com. Coming up on Monday, we have the Enneagram Twos. Oh, y'all, listen, I hear from a lot of Twos, and y'all are looking forward to hearing this show, and I get it. I understand why, and you're going to love this pair. So I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I will do the same, and we'll see you back here on Monday with the Enneagram Twos. Y'all have a great weekend.